Hello and welcome to Happy Snappin', a podcast where we explore the world of photography with creative, innovative, and just positive creatives. I'm your host, James Warner. Thank you for listening. In today's episode, we are talking to Allie from the popular YouTube channel and Instagram page, One Month Two Cameras. We discuss the origins of our channels, how to work through some of the more popular excuses when it comes to creative work, and what her favorite cameras are right now. Allie is delightful, so I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So for those who don't know who you are already, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, my name is Allie O'Keefe, and I have a YouTube channel um, very much centered on similar topics of interest, so old digital cameras, film cameras, photography in general. Um, and yeah, that's 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 kind of my, my hobby. I, I do run a production comp or a production department by day for an advertising uh, agency, but my sort of side passion is photography and all things nerdy. Yeah. And that channel's been going for a while now. I it feels like just yesterday to me. But Same. it's it's gotta be like two years now, maybe a year just or two. Over two years. It was uh, October was two years, which is kind of wild. Um, yeah. because you were like one of the first people that I met through YouTube, like very early on, cause we had such similar interests, but it's been two years now, which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Did you ever think it would get to the, like the level it is right now with the amount of people? No, have? no. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. always laugh because, and you've covered the Olympus E300, but I always laugh cause that was my first video on the channel and I don't oh. have a single photograph in it because I didn't. <laughs> really think of it as like I was I was literally creating the channel as a means of me to document my own cameras for myself to be able to evaluate and go back okay what were my settings when I was shooting that what did I like about that because I was trying to narrow down my collection because I have a gas problem um and acquire way too much gear (laughs) (laughs) seems to be a running theme (laughs) um but yeah so it was really just set up initially as a project for myself, one month, two cameras to shoot a camera every two weeks from my collection. So I could make final assessments and then narrow it down to like, say three cameras that I would actually keep. And that was just a way of documenting for myself what I was liking, what I wasn't liking, because it's hard to remember sometimes. And then um, it turned into a far larger gear acquisition issue. And now I have way more cameras than I did when I started the channel. <laughs> yeah, that same thing has happened to me. Yeah, because I, um, uh, not, that, not that you asked, but the origin of my channel was, um, so I, I picked, I was kind of in a creative slump. Mm-hmm. And then I d- discovered some people on Pintax forms that were still shooting six megapixel cameras. I was like, this is the most yes. absurd, like at the time, that was the most absurd things I've ever heard of. Because I, I just thought of it like, you would only do that if you could not buy another camera. <laughs> but these are people that I knew had better cameras and they were still, so that really intrigued me. So I found like a cheap, you know, and back, it's only, it hasn't been that long, but back three years ago, these were all so much cheaper. So you could get some well, of these cameras for like 20 bucks. <laughs> I know it is kind yeah. of a, it's wild. It's like, I don't know what happened in the universe, but it feels like there's been this like, just a a total zeitgeist moment where everyone is interested in these older cameras. And I do think there's something to it. They definitely give a totally different experience and quality that, um, you know, I mean, I go into this in my latest review because, you know, essentially like new modern cameras 
what's special about them is they're programmed to be the most generic, most characterless, flat, white canvas for you to impose your own mm -hmm. artistry onto, right? But in the olden days, like the goal of camera manufacturers were to port people over from film to digital. So they baked in character and also they were obviously limited by technology. So CCD sure, sensor right. yeah. like that. But so you get something out of camera that's just interesting, but also outdated. And it just, you know, in a in a overly saturated world of imagery, I think it does give you something a little different, which is, you know. Um, without a lot of effort. So, you know, I just think it's interesting, though, to your point, you know, three years ago, it wasn't, it was still easy to get those cameras. And yeah. now it feels harder and harder yeah. to sort of find the ones that um, are so desirable. Yeah. And and I was surprised, like, like you have been, the amount of people that share the same interest. And that was so validating and cool was to meet people from all over the world that, like, hey, yeah, I also like, like what? <laughs> There's more of us out here. <laughs> I That's a like especially cool to me is like all the people that reach out to me from like Pakistan or like Peru, like all these places where you're like, wow, that's so cool. Like this is like some really niche type of, you know, mm -hmm. interest that resonates all over the place. And, you know, I'm sure I like to think that cameras might still be accessible in those places for people to get into photography as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And often the, that's, yeah, some people come at it from different angles. So I had a little bit, I had a better camera at the time and got an older camera anyway. But for some people, they just like literally can't afford anything yeah, else. So I totally. hopefully for them, I try to make it like, because I'll encounter them and they'll buy their first camera. And um, I just think they just have never thought that you could buy an older camera. And they're like, exactly. I can't afford these $1,000 cameras. Like, well, just buy a $50 camera or whatever. Exactly. So yeah. that's cool to me Bad too, cameras. to think about those people. Yeah, I know. And I think that's wonderful, especially young people. I mean, my kids, you know, we both have kids. Mm -hmm. My kids, you know, they get all of my cameras. <laughs> they like, they get to go in my camera drawer and pick out what they want to shoot with for the day. And it's like, just that, that fluidity of, you know, being able to have access to those things is pretty awesome. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, I'm curious about your uh, history with photography, because we've talked about that a little bit on your channel. Um, like your dad was a photographer. Yes. Um, and yeah. so you had some really early experiences on and then kind of through your life, some different ups and downs. So I'm just curious, some of your uh, history. Yeah, for sure. Well, yes, as you said, my dad was a photographer. My uncle was a photographer. My grandfather was a photographer. And now my husband's a photographer. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um, so it's been very genetically programmed into me in some ways. And it's really interesting because I had an opportunity in my 20s to be a full-time photographer. I had an agent who was interested in my work at the time. I was like pretty new to photography, but I, you know, again, what we were talking about, I have this like very obsessive personality. So when I get into something, I get into it pretty yeah. hard and fast. And what, what um, was your work at the time? What were you shooting? I was a producer. So um, I was still like producing um, for an agency. So I, I kind of fell into production as most people in production do. Um, fell into the sort of gig at an early age and I was directing and writing and producing for a show on PBS. And then I transitioned into advertising um, oh gosh, somewhere in my early twenties, I can't remember exactly. And so I, as a means of trying to understand how to do video, I actually picked up a stills camera, like a digital camera 
And my dad had built me a dark room in my 14, for my 14th birthday back in <laughs> Iowa, awesome. which was amazing. And I have like all these amazing old prints from my first camera, which was a Minolta. So I had all this like background in photography, but at the time, you know, as a young person, I didn't want to um, be spending all my, you know, hard earned money on film and chemicals and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of fell out of it. And then when I got back into, or when I started in production is when I picked up a stills camera again, just to kind of understand the exposure triangle and figure out like, why do I need to shoot at 50, 50th of a second on a stills, you know, just like things like that as I was learning video. And then I became really obsessed with stills. So mm. I was producing for this agency and like traveling to jobs. And then I would always just bring a camera with me. So I was pretty much shooting like slice of life stuff, um, you know, BTS on set before like social was a thing. So like BTS photographers, behind the scenes photographers wasn't like a thing at the time. Now it's on like every shoot. Um, but it was just so fun. And uh, I just got really obsessed with it. And so I had someone actually approach me because I was posting all of this stuff on at the time, it was probably like MySpace or something. And um and it was just an interesting thing because I was like, I had this juncture where I was like, do I want to be a photographer or do I want to keep this as a hobby and continue my career path as it was? And it was an interesting inflection point where I was like, I love photography so, so much that I was scared of making it a profession yeah, and I never definitely. did go down that route. And I think for me, I mean, it's different for everyone. And I see it with my husband, who's a professional photographer and has been pretty much his whole life. Um, but it's, it's really work for him. He loves it. But when we're on vacation or hanging out with the family, he doesn't want to pick up a camera because mm -hmm. that's what he yeah. does for day, day to day work. Um, and for me, I always wanted to like maintain that, like, um, kind of hobbyist amateur love of photography. So yeah, that's, it's just always been in my bag or in my hand. I've always had a camera. Yeah. I had that same, I think a lot of people probably go through that same, a lot of hobby yeah. photographers. I, I wasn't not in the same position. Like I'm not a good enough. I'm not the type of photographer that would get hired for anything anyway, but so I'm not trying to say it was because I was good. I was not approached by anybody, but when picking out schooling and thinking about, I thought about going the commercial photography route. Um, and I had the same thought process, which I've talked to a lot of other photographers and they have that too. And it's, it's just so sort of like, what are you getting out of this? And like, um, yeah, would that still be there if you made that your what you're relying on for income? I think about that a lot with um, even just YouTube and some of the other things that I do. Like I enjoy it because it's just like a fun thing. But if you made it something more than that, it would not no longer be fun. And so, uh, yeah, there's that's there is an interesting balance there. It's really, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that about YouTube as well because I made a very very distinct decision with that as well. And it's not that I'm thinking like I could have been more or anything like that, but I really um, actively maintained a focus on just doing what I want because, yeah. Yeah. you know, especially having a full-time job and having kids and trying to live a life. If I were to make it more, I would have to like really hard press for a transition into full-time, yeah. which is awesome. And I think it's so cool that people can do that and make a living at it. But yeah, for me, I was just like, you know, I, I, I like maintaining this as like my total no obligations kind of hobby on the side. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, and I think that's a good thing for people who are listening to this to consider as well, if they're ever feeling burnt out by something or, because yeah. I think, um, Sean Tucker, I don't know if you watch his channel mm -hmm. on YouTube, but he just yes, posted a video great. earlier about, um, something about like when people stop liking your work or whatever, right. uh, like why, maybe why people don't like your photography, I think. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And his, his, um, for those who haven't watched, which I encourage you to watch cause it's a really good. Um, his stuff is really good for just working out your create, creative nature and stuff. But his point was um, there's kind of a feedback loop in social media where uh, you put something out there and you kind of start to see what people react to and what do doesn't. And then you might start just going after the things that people are getting, like what's getting the best reaction. And especially when it comes to monetizing things with YouTube and stuff. Totally. Um, that's yeah. kind of the advice is because they're like, look, that's where the money's at. Like that's where people are reacting. You do that. But it is so dangerous because not just for the fun factor, which we were talking about, like enjoying what you're doing, but also from just like your full potential as a um, expressing yourself creative. creativity. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to limit yourself. Um, and those feedback loops are not what you think they are. It's not, you're not getting the best reaction because it's like legitimately your best expression of whatever it's because of, you know, whatever the trend is at the time or whatever, some connection that happened there. So, um, yeah, I do think about that a lot with, um, photography and, and video and it's felt really good to like a while back, same thing. I just had to walk through that myself and be like, I, I'm going to care a lot less about whether or not this video does this well, or this post on Instagram goes this well. I'm just 100%. doing what I'm doing. And then the yeah. joy comes back and it's, yeah, it's all good. And it's wonderful when, you know, there is a response like that's great, but like I, you know, there are analytic sections to YouTube yeah, and yeah. whatever. And I was just like, I'm just not even going to look at it. I don't want to know. Cause then that will influence or color, you know, what I feel like I need to do. And I, yeah. I, I played on that edge for a little while where I was like, Ooh, let's look, let's look. And then you're like, now this is too easy. You know, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think the joy of, and again, it's like commercially or not, like if you want to go down that route, it's, I, I have absolutely nothing against it. It's, it's a solid living and it's, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's an honest earnings, but I'm also like, I want to be able to do stuff that maybe my audience doesn't like, and it's not interested in, but maybe makes them think about something differently. Or, you know, I want to completely change. I've actually just been thinking about this right now, where it's like, I've had a pretty similar format all along. And it's like, maybe I want to mess up my format and yeah, completely, mix it up. yeah, yeah, just totally mix it up. And maybe no one likes it. And that's yeah. fine. It's an experiment. Fine. It's just an yeah. experimental sort of playground for me. Yeah. And also just thinking about the, um, like the longer term, your longer term goals. And so if your if your goal is to kind of more discover and try things and whatever, then those little, like little misses don't really feel like misses anymore. Like if something doesn't land with an audience or whatever, it, there's back to the social media thing. It's kind of trained us to like, we put something out there and like in 24 hours, we are going to know whether or not, but, but life is so much longer and like um your work can be so much more impactful than that it's not just like okay now on to the next thing on to the next thing totally so, yeah i think thinking about it long term is really good too well and that gets to the whole like which i you know admittedly don't do enough of but like it's so hard to focus on a long-term project now like in terms of mm. art and photography i love the idea of just dedicating you know a year or even just like three months to like one subject and really 
diving into it and not sharing anything. Yeah. But of course, like if, if you're going to be working, you need to constantly be posting. There's a cadence and maybe you post something different, but then it takes some focus away. So it's like, I, I have so much um, admiration for people who are creators that are like, you know, trying to also be artists and full-time in either regard. It's, it's, it's a, it's a hustle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to think it was like, oh, they have it easy. <laughs> oh no. Like, no, they have it like, that's like a way harder way to go in life. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. But cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, I guess on that same topic, then what are some of the goals that you have with photography right now? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's so interesting because I never really think of photography goals because this is a hobby. So it's really just yeah. like, I do love just like the day-to-day -day documentation of my family because that's obviously the most important thing to me. It's not necessarily like something I share extensively, but it does show up on my feed and whatnot. Um, and because so much of my channel is tied to actual cameras that I'm testing in a window of time, it's really just kind of what I'm snapping that day. Mm -hmm. But more broadly, I think for myself, like I, it's, it's so funny. Someone, um, I think it was Polly B like posted a thing on threads. He's like, what are you wishing for Christmas? Like obviously indicating like photography related items. And I was like, my wish would be for more time. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. time always seems to be the pressing factor for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, but I feel like, I, you know, I'm just always trying to make it work no matter what. So my goals are just basically to make it work. That sounds like a really low bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a photography in my life. You, no, that's a really good point though. Cause I, I talk to a lot of people as well. And that does seem to be a very common theme with, yeah. is that, um, we have the gear, we like it, we would do more of it if we could and had time. So what are some ways that you found uh, you, you're still figuring it out, but what are some things that you found that help you find the time to take the photos that you want? Oh, shoot. You cut it. I don't know if you can hear me. Oh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Great. Okay. Came back. I think I caught where you were going with that. What okay. are times that ways that I find time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do absolutely live by the adage of like, I don't leave my house without my camera. I literally mm -hmm. always have it on me. And, you know, I mean, I live in a, and I don't think it's sort of necessarily just relevant to LA. I think it would work anywhere, but like, there's always something happening when I leave my yeah. house, you know, like there was a giant, the, the road split in half as I was driving at some point, I was like, pulled out. I was like, Oh wow. Well, I'm glad I have my camera for this, yeah. you know, things yeah. like that. And I talked to the workers who came to repair the road and it ended up being this like amazing conversation, learning about the old, water mains of LA that were built in the early twenties, you know, it's just like all these interesting things that come out of that. And the pictures were nothing like they, I didn't share them. I don't need to share them because it wasn't ultimately about the pictures, but it was that experience and having the camera kind of grants you permission to have all these experiences mm -hmm. in life. So I really like that. Um, but I do find that for myself, I just, I just prioritize it, I guess. It's funny because a lot of my friends will you know, ask me like, Oh, did you see this program on TV? Or did you, you know, I, I just do photography at the end of the day, like at night, that is when I'm done with work after I put the kids to bed, the thing that relaxes me is to sit there and like either photo edit or like edit a YouTube video. That's my way of decompressing and unwinding. Um, it may not be for everyone that might be stressful, but I find it really soothing. So it's kind of like how 
I just got to get the shots in the day to then be able to do that at night. So that's just, I just make a point of always yeah. having my camera with me. Yeah. So I'm, this is funny picturing then because, um, like a lot of the shots on you that you share on Instagram and in your videos. So you're not like out, like I got an hour and taking photos. You're like running an errand. Is that where those shots are coming from? Literally. Like <laughs> I happen to be going to get, you know, a bag of chips at the store and I turn around and there's someone getting in their car and they look, I, I did do this literally the other day. I went, I went to get yogurt or something at the store and I was sitting in my car and I look up and there's a woman facing me in her car, smoking a cigarette. She looks like she's out of another time. Hmm. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and like creepily stalk her until <laughs> I find the moment that I want. <laughs> I got that shot and that was my post for that day. That's awesome. Yeah. I very rarely, in fact, I don't think I ever get like an hour to just go intentionally shoot. Yeah, that just, right. it, this doesn't really fit in my schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So I have kids too. So if I, um, so I either am bringing a camera when I exercise and so I, I, I go biking a lot. So almost a high percentage of the photos I have are like I was out biking. So I've combined exercise with photography and that's, that's awesome. how I found that time. And then, um, or I'm just with my kids. And so I like drag them out to some state park or something like, you're going to find this one. Um, and they do, which is good. Whenever we go camping or something. Um, but yeah, exactly. There's, there's not like really a time where you can be like, I'm just going to go out and do this. Cause then yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. 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 Do your kids ever be like, dad, put the camera away. Oh yeah. They, and it's gotten pretty bad though. Cause they don't, um, like they don't really like their pictures being taken or something. Yeah, Cause like, yeah. I guess I do it too much or something. So hopefully that phase doesn't last. But my, like my six year old, she, um, like with your kids, you were saying you give them cameras. So I have a drawer, drawer full of digi can't point and shoot cameras and she just broke one. I'm like, here, here's another, <laughs> like, we'll just, we'll just go through these. And, uh, but she really likes it. And so that's been really fun actually. Cause, cause we have, we have gone sometimes we'll take, take her to the park or something. We'll go on a little photo walk. Um, okay. and that's super rewarding, um, to spend that time with her and do that. And, and I don't try to force it. Like if she does not like photography, whatever, that's, that's fine. Totally. Yeah. That's, right. I'm the same way. I'm like, if they don't ask for it, I don't do it. Right. Right. But she, does, I think there's just something natural and, and whether or not they continue it as a hobby, I think most kids just, it's just fun taking pictures yeah. and snapping, especially when the pressure is totally off. She'll fill up an SD card with like 2000 pictures of my shoes or something like that while we're hiking. <laughs> like, cool, whatever. One thing I do with my kids, which I think is really fun and we don't do this all that often, but sometimes if we're like, again, to your point, like sometimes I give it to them as like a reward. Like we're going to go, I'm definitely that we've got three hours. Let's go do something. I'm yeah. always trying to get them out to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so they'll take a camera and then I'll say like, at the end we'll sit and I'll, I'll do a, a photo edit and then like, I'll make some selects and then we'll print them. And oh, so they love cool. that process. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. So I, I need to get into printing. I have, um, this is going to appear on my channel later, but I have gotten into thermal printing, like onto like the risk, like what receipt printers do, but you can print them on labels and stuff, but you can it. do some really like low resolution black and white <laughs> stuff. Um, but, but yeah, my daughter loved that. And that got me thinking, I was like, oh man, of course they're like the physical photo. <laughs> like, totally. Of course that would be so cool to have, like take a picture and now I have it here. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, they love it. It's so cool. And then I'll be like, what do you, you know, let's make an art project out of it, whatever. They love it. Yeah. So, um, photographers sometimes like to classify themselves 
or maybe we just classify other photographers. It's like, I'm a street photographer. I'm a whatever. I right. decided I used to be, I used to say I was a landscape photographer. This was years ago. And I would like plan a trip, figure out when the light was going to be the way I want, whatever, and go out there and take my landscape photos that looked kind of okay. And that was it. And then I put down the camera and I honestly didn't pick it up until the next trip where I could go out and take landscape photos. Oh, now wow. I've developed more into just snapping and whatever. And so now I just call myself a dad photographer and I just snap things and it like doesn't really fall under any genre. Sometimes there's some landscapes if I happen to be somewhere pretty or sometimes it's just like whatever is going on. Uh, do you like, do you gravitate towards some genre of photography? Um, like if you had all the time in the world to go out and just pursue one, what would it be? I mean, I would probably, if I, if I like were to pigeonhole myself, like I, if someone was like, I'm going to hire you and your job is to be a photographer for a genre, I would probably go with travel photography. I love right. traveling. I love trying foods and meeting people and exploring cultures and looking at architecture. So I do have a friend who is uh, just an amazing photographer and that's all he does. He like, he shoots for all these hotels and for Conan S traveler mm. and all that. And it, it's always like, so cool to see all this stuff everywhere in the world that you would probably never be exposed to. Even if you did fly there or something, you get these experiences because you're shooting for a magazine or a hotel that yeah. you wouldn't maybe have access to otherwise. Like he just um, shot, I'm going up to Yosemite in a few, for an, oh, wow. awesome. I still I mean, like I have yet to be there. I, I need to go there. Yeah. It's so amazing. I've been there once, only once. Oh, cool. Cool. And it was just stunning. And so I have a, a really good friend, um, Monica, back in New York. I used to live in New York for years and years. And we met through Flickr in like 2009 or something. Nice. That, crazy. That's a good friend. Like, yeah. And we've been besties like forever on the photo front um, since then. And so basically we do an annual trip, her and her husband and me and my husband. We leave the kids at home and we go somewhere in the world together to do like a photo long weekend or something. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so this year we're going to go to Yosemite. So they're coming out. And um Yes. How did I get on the Yosemite? Oh, yeah. So my friend who is a travel photographer, he uh, shot the park for Conan S. Traveler like a few months ago. And he got this insane experience of like flying over the park in zones you can't fly otherwise, oh, you know, right. like so it's just like really, really cool. Um, so I think if I had to like designate something, but that's certainly not reflective of my current life. Like yeah. I do travel for work, but it's sort of, you know, not that consistent. And when I am traveling, it's usually pretty intense. So I'm not spending a lot of time taking pictures. It's usually, and I do this for my reviews. Like I will do reviews from hotel rooms. In fact, my latest review is going to be from a hotel room because it's the only time I had to be able to yeah. record it. <laughs> um, but when I'm taking pictures on those trips, it's literally me walking from the hotel to my office or mm, to the shoot right. or whatever. And so it's just snapping like in an hour window or something like that in transit. So yeah. it's, again, just fitting it in where you can. Yeah. yeah. I had somebody um, comment on one of my recent videos and he's like, I, it looks like you just walked out of the shower and filmed this. I was like, yeah, actually I did <laughs> because that was the, like the, the, the kids were doing something like they were gone and that was like literally the 30 minutes i had during the whole week where i could sit and film something so <laughs> yes i did just walk out of the shower and do that <laughs> yeah. so just making time where you can find time and surprising how much you can make it work and i am a big I proponent know. of there is something to photograph and so that was the other thing i coming from like 
really liking landscape photography. I just hadn't really looked at anything else and I wasn't finding like compositions anywhere or anything was very interesting. We moved down to um, Texas and um, at first Southern Texas to me was not very uh, photogenic because I was used to like Western mountains and right, um, right, right. And it was just, uh, yeah, so it was really hard. Um, but then I found wonderful things and it just leads you into, so just wherever you are, it just is interesting. It'll lead you to something like you'll have something about your area. Maybe you get like really cool birds that are yeah. coming in and you can yeah. kind of pursue that. Maybe you do to have, have cool old towns. Maybe you're in a metropolis kind of area. Maybe it's more just like broken barns, but there's, so it's interesting how, if you kind of have an open mind, you can find like your life circumstance can. A hundred. Kind of, there's always something. Yeah. There's always something, even if it's just like photographing a ray of, the way light is hitting. Mm, yeah. Light, yeah. You know, like there's always something, mm. one of the greatest, and it's funny that it stuck with me because it was before I was even that into photography, but I was like getting into photography. It's early, somewhere in the early two thousands. And, um, a good friend of mine at the time went out on a walk with me and I'm like the most annoying person to walk with. Cause I'll be like, I want to stop and take a picture of this. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Can you yeah. hold on? And he was like, you know, it would be annoying, but the cool thing is that you make me look at things that I've never looked at before. And mm. you're like, Oh, that's like the biggest compliment I might've ever gotten. But it was true. It's just like, you're like, I'm really interested in this nut and bolt on this piece of scaffolding. Can we just stop and look at this for a minute? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, Oh, there's something everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It really is almost like a, I, I call it kind of like a sort of almost like a meditative process where, cause you're kind of, whatever else you were thinking about, you're letting go and you're just looking for stuff and you can That's find it anywhere. That's a great analogy. Yeah. grateful like, for um... it and yeah, happy about it. Yeah. It's like sand art for the Tibetans, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Just sitting there scraping the yeah. environment for things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, let's talk about, because I know you wanted to touch on this, talk about being inclusive in our photo environments. So whether that's in person at meetups or online, um, in the, um, whether that's a forum or a YouTube comment section, Instagram or whatever, just making people feel welcome, invited. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, what I think I've realized, you know, reflectively, um, after two years on YouTube is that while I did start the channel to just kind of assess my gear, the ultimate goal was actually probably like a little bit of a cry from my soul to find like my community again, because I had moved mm -hmm. to LA in 20, well, it was earlier, it was like 2016, but I had a young child and then I got pregnant again and then COVID hit. So I didn't really feel like I ever really assimilated and got a community sure. here. And so I was, you know, very much sort of looking for my people, which I had in New York, New York, I had a, a really sort of robust, um, like community of photo nerds. So. I say that with all love. Um, so I was really looking for that. And I, and I think that is kind of, you know, it's what transcends photography and it makes it a bigger thing. And, and I think the thing that I've seen a lot is, you know, there's definitely, it's a very sort of not a bad thing, but a male dominated field. Um, sure, yeah. Creativity, I think would probably all be categorized that way. I see it certainly on the sort of director's side of, you know, creatives mm. and advertising. It's all very largely male dominated. And um, 
so for me, I always remember just feeling like I really want everyone to feel welcome here. And I really want this to be a space for everyone to engage and, um, you know, have no gatekeeping or anything like that. And, uh, so, you know, I was again, early on talking with you and I was like, oh, this is so cool to just like have this open dialogue. And I think even, especially in YouTube, like there, I've just noticed there's like, there can be some like a little bit of gatekeeping and stuff like that. And so it's just like, I just didn't want any of that to sort of be in the way of like, at least how I engage with my audiences. So I did, I don't do it as much anymore, but I really at the early stage tried to like respond to every comment and engage with every person in the DMS and all that. I don't, I don't have time to do it, but um, I, I really, especially um, for females wanted to encourage involvement I have noticed like at photo walks, it is usually guys and I've had women reach out to me and be like, I want to go, but I'm intimidated. And I'm like, don't be intimidated. I was, I certainly was my first, I remember my, my first beers and cameras, which is a great, um, photo community that's actually everywhere. So if you ever want to get involved in like a photo walk, they're, you know, all over America and Europe, they're all over the place. They just opened a Mexico city chapter. Um, so it's just really cool because it's a great place to engage and rarely do I take pictures on those things, but it's more about meeting the community and finding, you know, friends and bonds. And those friends have stuck with me here in LA. Like I go out to dinner with them, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, just really encouraging everyone, regardless of, you know, gender or persuasion to just, you know, photography is what bonds us. It's a common Mm -hmm. language. And especially in a day and age where like common languages can be tough, um, for any given reason, I love the idea of photography bringing us all together. Yeah. And, and hopefully I would hope at least like that you can feel like if somebody feels different for any reason outside of whatever group they're trying to get into, that they can, instead of seeing that like a bad thing, can see it as an, like an advantage and a good thing. And that's what I see. So people come to me sometimes and they kind of talk about like, oh, maybe I'll start a YouTube channel. I'm like, please do. Yes. <laughs> because like, I don't want to be the only one. And I'm not. There's lots of other really good people talking about old cameras right now. But I'm like, we, there's more the merrier. They're like, there is still room. And it's cool to see different people's perspectives, their different styles. And uh, yeah, we could use a lot more f- uh, females on YouTube talking about cameras. Totally, not yeah. And, you know, but that'd be cool. Rick Rubin, uh, who's like this, like very prolific uh, yeah, record yeah. producer, I, he said something and I put this in an old video, but I think it's so accurate. Like the idea of, um, you know, being threatened by joining a group or being in a group and being threatened by a newcomer or anything like that is such a sort of myopic way of thinking because yeah. nobody can do you. Like Mm -hmm. there's never going to be another James, you know, there's never going to be another Ali. It's like, we're going to do the same topic in our own way. And so like, I have never, I, I, I always love when people come to me and there's, there's one woman in particular. And if you're listening, you know who you are. And I encourage you yet again to start your YouTube channel, but she's always saying that she's, you know, (laughs) not quite um, ready or whatnot. And she's, you know, I can tell that she's really working towards it, but there's no perfection. There's no getting it right. It's just, you show up, you say what you need to say or what you want to do. Um, and, and that's all it is. And I, I think that's the only way I could start my YouTube channel. It's like, well, I don't have the time to do the level of, I mean, I'm a damn, excuse my language. (laughs) I'm a producer. Like I am used to creating high level 
very incredible content. Like that is my expectation. And with that expectation, I would have never started a YouTube channel. Yeah, I right, start right. with just like, I have 20 minutes, I'm going to pull out my phone and I'm going to record a talking head segment about the Olympus E300 because I love this camera and I'm going to put it up and lo and behold, like no one cared that it was crappy quality. Nobody cared that I just like barely gotten dressed, you know, <laughs> it's just like the content will override the production value. The content will override anything. If, um, if you're speaking and sharing something that is unique and it will be inherently unique if it's from your perspective, because no one else is going to be the same as you. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Especially when it comes to talking about cameras and like a lot of it is just so subjective and I'd love to hear other people's thoughts totally. about certain things. And, totally. Yeah. And I think there's a, just to further encourage other people, I think there's a, a we're kind of at a point with YouTube and stuff where um, people have gotten so high quality, but there's almost like, let's be back in 2008 on YouTube when people just like, there was no expectation and you just like met cool people. So, yeah. um, and I think there is like a reflection of that people kind of yearning for that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. And then you have to start somewhere. You like literally have to start somewhere or else it never happens. Uh, same with just like sharing somewhere. photos online or whatever, that yeah. you're, like whatever your goal is, you just have to start. If I were to give one tip to anyone who wants to start a YouTube channel, like I don't care if you're shooting on your phone or like a really bad old camera, but the one thing you do need is good sound and it doesn't have to be expensive. You can get like a $15 little like lav mic off of Amazon or something and plug it into your phone. But yeah. the sound is the one thing that I do think makes or breaks someone engaging with your video. I think that's really important. And I don't do it well either. It's, it's, it's always a challenge for me. That sound is so hard. I don't know why. Sound is so hard, <laughs> like, man. Always... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. If you're a little fuzzy or whatever on the video, that's fine. But yeah. Yes. Gotta totally. be able to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got a little game to, for you to play. I love a game. Okay. So um, I'm just going to, and just, Answer with whatever is on the top of your mind, okay? So th All right. this it can be whatever. I'm just going to give you categories of cameras, and you've tried a lot of cameras. So um, I'm just curious gonna be what your answers are going to be. I'll give you a category, okay. and then you tell me like what your favorite camera is in that category right Oof. now. Just, oh, this is going to be hard. Yeah. So what is your favorite compact camera right now? Okay. I've been asked this a lot because I have reviewed a lot of cameras. And I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, I still love my Panasonic LX3 the most. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a LX3 before. Oh, yeah. So that's for those that don't know and are looking it up right now. So that's, um, it's got a little bit of zoom range, right? Yep. I can't remember the sensor size, but it's, it's small, like a small compact. Yep. But you do have, more manual controls on that camera, right? You do. Yeah. I, I, for me, really like the ergonomics of it because you do have Ooh. a lot of manual control. You can shoot in RAW, which I do recommend with that camera. Um, the LX5 is arguably the better camera. Um, it has a little bit more zoom range, um, a few other little things, but I think I have a, an emotional attachment to the LX3. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And maybe you can save a little bit of money by going for an LX3 instead of. Well, actually, weirdly enough, LX3 is kind of 
blown up. So maybe oh. <laughs> you're looking for a deal. The LX5 is actually. Yeah, bad. maybe it's the other way around. It's so funny how that happens. And I feel partly responsible sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, 100%. That's the fun. For every, everybody, just find the cheap camera no one's talking about. And exactly. Between the and lines. Hashtag no bad cameras. They're, I yeah. really, that is not uh, like a nonsense saying. Like, I really do believe that you can make anything work. Yeah. Is it, but is it, has there been a camera that was really bad? <laughs> that you tried? Well, you had to pick one? it's so funny. This is again where it gets so subjective. There is a camera. I wonder if I should say it. There's a camera that I absolutely love ergonomically and I think has a lot of potential, um, but that I just, for whatever reason, did not end up just completely falling in love with. And I never reviewed it on the channel. And I know there are going to be people out there who are going to be like, oh my God. Okay. So it was the Sony DSC V3. Okay. I was, I was going to say, if you're going to say Pentax, I was going to have to just shut this call off right now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay. So, so the Sony V. The V3. It is such a cool camera. I really, I really, really is. liked shooting it. But for whatever reason, the files just never struck me in a way that was like special enough for me to want to keep it or mm. review it. And someone has reached out to me in my DMs and been like, I, I think they're going to be really upset when I say that. <laughs> but to them, it was like the greatest camera of all time. And they loved the files more than any other camera. So this is where it gets so subjective, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. and I do this all the time on Instagram where I post like straight out of camera JPEG versus like my edited raw or like straight out of camera raw through a Lightroom processor. And Everyone always seems to like to comment, I like the straight out camera better, or I like the edited better. And I'm like, cool. I'm not here to like, you know, Yeah. I'm just trying to show the range. I'm not here yeah, to try to yeah, like yeah. tell you my version's better. Right. It's just, right. I want you to be able to see what the camera is capable of and how the files can be stretched. Yeah. Um, but everyone should just do them and like enjoy yeah. how they like to see the world. And that's, again, their unique, your unique perspective. Right. And I have a look, I have a vibe, I have a thing that I like to get, you know, that I'm drawn to. And that camera just didn't produce yeah. what I was looking for. There you go. So sorry to that person <laughs> that I made you admit that. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, yeah, so on both sides, don't, don't ever feel like you have to keep a camera you don't like just because people talk oh, highly really? of it. So somebody, I think on my form bought an Olympus E300, which I love and, um, and was like, I'm not getting along. I'm like, sell it, <laughs> like move on, really? like find a camera you like. And then on the flip side, and I, I'm actually the same way. So if there's a camera, I like truly, I'm like, I'm not a huge fan. I just don't even post a video. It's like a wasted time for me. Not wasted time. I had fun using it, whatever. But right. like, I don't, I, I just burn the video because I'd rather, I don't want anybody who owns that camera to hear me talk bad about it. And then be like, oh man, I love this camera. Like, who cares? <laughs> like you love it to stick with it. So Yeah. Not about that negativity. No. Nope. Um, DSLR. Do you have a favorite DSLR right now? Oh, my favorite. Okay. Well, so that gets even more comp. I mean, these are all really complicated. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Nikon D700. And this is like uh, relative, relatively challenging because there's so many DSLRs that I love. But I really just love the handling of that. That being said, 
it's a tough one to call out as my favorite because I definitely wouldn't bring it with me everywhere, which is part of the challenge of like, just because there it's are big? smaller DSLRs yeah, that, okay. yeah. you know, I'll bring with me every day. And that's just not one of them. But at the same time, I just absolutely love the handling of that camera and the files cool. are phenomenal. Yeah, nice. I'd love myself a chunky DSLR. It's such a There's glorious like experience. Yeah. I love it too. Do you shoot film still? I know you I have. Do. Okay. I do. I do. I have, do you a, have a favorite have film a camera right now. I do. <laughs> I do. Oh gosh, I wish it was here. It's so cute. My Pentax 110. Oh wow! Okay, my favorite film camera. Cool. I love that camera. I have every. I, I know you do too. I have all the lenses. Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely love shooting one ten film. I like the extra grain and the you know kind of crappy quality of it. Um, so that that's hands down my favorite camera. That is awesome. Yeah, I have not met many people that are actually still shooting Pentax one ten. So fun. Do you have to jump through any crazy hoops to do the film? Well. I get the film from Lomo because they're the only ones really producing it. So I shoot mostly Lomo Tiger, which is their color film, ISO 200. And then I shoot the Orca. I think it's called Orca, um, which is their black and white. Uh, both great. I do jump through hoops to get it developed and scanned yeah. because I, you do need like a little bit of expertise in that field. And, and other people will do it, but I don't think the scans are as nice. And I got this really sure. great hot tip. Um, from Sissy Lou, who's a, another wonderful film photographer um, on YouTube as well. And she shoots uh, all kinds of 110 film as well. Oh, so cool. she gave me an insider tip on like where to send it to get it developed and scanned. And it's been a treat, but they're on the other side of the country. So like I wait many, many days. Mm -hmm. I spend way too much money to get those images. <laughs> sure. It's much more uh, expensive, not much, but it is more expensive than me just shooting 35 millimeter and getting that developed locally. But it's such a fun experience to shoot that I just, I just do it anyway. Yeah, that's really cool. That is way fun. <laughs> well, um, that's all I got for us today. I don't, if anything else you want to talk about or mention before we close up? Well, I want to know what your like all time favorite camera is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> turn how the tables turn. Uh, I it is either the Pentax K1 or the Ricoh GR, and um, oh. I flip flop between those because the Pentax K1 is more versatile. I could use it for just everything, obviously, because it has interchangeable lenses. But the Ricoh GR, because it fits in your pocket, especially with my dad photography genre that I'm in, that yeah. gets with me. That would go with me everywhere. So. It's hard to say, but sometimes I, I do lean back on the, if I could only have one camera, that question is the Ricoh GR, just because I'm set. Like yeah. I've never had to worry about the images out of that camera. It's just always like, and like you said, finding the workflow, finding a camera that like, you know how to work it and get exactly what you were intending to get is so important. And that's a camera that I feel very consistent with. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's great. Great cameras both. And I have never tried a K1. It's like very high on my list. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I know it's kind of shocking because I've had so, I mean, I was just total pen and I would still call myself a Pentaxian, but I only shot like the K7 for years and years and years. And like, I've had I, my, some of my favorite film cameras are Pentax as well. 
um, the LX as an example, but I have never shot the K1. So it's, you know, cool. someday I'm going to come to Iowa and we're going to exchange yeah, cameras. That's right. Yeah. But you <laughs> shot the 645D. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have the 645D, the 645Z and, um, in film days, I, the 645N. So I was okay. a big 645 Pentax cool. person. Yeah. Yeah. The K1 special to me. Yeah. I'd be curious. How it you, looks how like you an did. awesome okay. camera. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us today and talking with us. Thank you. This is fun. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Happy Snappin'. I hope you found this discussion insightful. I have many more episodes in the works with creative and interesting photographers. So subscribe if you want to see more of those. I'd also love to hear your comments and thoughts about this episode and any general questions you may have or suggestions for future episodes, so please leave those. You'll find more information about this podcast along with a forum for like-minded photographers and more at www.snappiness.space. All right, go out there and take pictures wherever you are and with whatever gear you have, and until next time, happy snapping.